Hello, I'm Brian Hurley. And I'm Jess Lampy, and this is the Edgerton Life Podcast. So Jess, in our first episode, we listened to a recording that you made with Andrew in your kitchen at midnight in Seattle um, while he was still with us. Um, and then the future recordings, I believe that there was a list that was left of people that he wanted to interview. Yeah, Andrew had compiled a list of, of 10 people that he was inspired by, uh, people that uh, he felt were uniquely qualified to speak to and inspire people in Andrew's situations. Uh, uh, people being in a situation where either they're diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer or, or something of that effect. And his goal was to provide people a platform to listen to that they could uh, get information on nutrition, get information on uh, survival, just kind of mentally coping with this horrible situation to be in, and uh, also to inspire people to 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 make them uh, find hope in a in a dire situation. So, how did your first interview go? The first interview went really well. So, I as as we've kind of discussed, I didn't really know the context for any of these people that are on this list. Uh, like Andy and I would talk about it, but he would say, um, he's like, oh, I've got a guy on there who's like a Navy SEAL, or I have this guy who's this, like, he'd throw out one word descriptions that uh, were, were basically like non-descriptions. So I had no idea who these people are or what their, what their backgrounds were or anything. And, and so, Dave was a very interesting character in that respect. I knew absolutely nothing about him specifically. So I, I walked into that conversation um, with with no expectation of what I was going to hear. Uh, and I, I think it was the most ideal conversation to kick this podcast off with. Um, yeah. Well, uh, welcome, Dave, to the Edgerton.life podcast. Great to have you here. Thank you so much, Jess. All right. Um, I, uh, uh, you and I had chatted about this briefly before. I just want to give you some context right now. So um, uh, this podcast was part of Andy's vision. Uh, he wanted to create a podcast that for people who ended up in a situation like him uh, could get information uh, and be inspired. Mm -hmm. And and um, in a very Andy fashion, he he reached out to a bunch of inspiring people uh, and and wanted to interview them. Uh, and also in a very Andy fashion, he didn't tell anybody wanted what he wanted to interview them about. Uh, but you made the list of people that Andy wanted to talk to, and he felt you would be the perfect person to talk to people who would be in his situation. So so congrats. How so? How many people were on this list? Um, there are 10 people on the list. Oh, come on. Really? You are on a select wow. list of few. You are the, that, oh. now that's, in, that's, a, uh, that really gives me some chills and some goosebumps and some, some joy and some happiness and sadness. I mean, like that's, that's God, that's Andy. Like, you know, like the man knew everyone. I mean, he, he just, it seems like he knew thousands and thousands of people and to make a list of 10 people that he's like, talk to these people. And like, I want to talk more to these people. That is, um, boy, that's a hell of an honor. Uh, so thank, thank you. Thank you to you for doing this. And thank you to, to him, uh, for saying, Hey, this is, uh, this cat's interesting enough for other people to hear him. Hey, it's my pleasure. 
And, and I have to admit, I'm very excited to to meet everybody on this list and, and find out a bit more about them. So did Andy ever chat with you about this podcast idea? Not about the podcast. I mean, he certainly had the idea of like a media empire and like all of the stuff that he wanted to do around it. And Andy's fashion, you know, like he started with like, this is the global universe of everything that's possible. And like, these are all the magical things that I can do. And like, yeah, that's, that's Andy. And like, that's, that's the big dream. That's the, the huge inspiring story of like, this is the, you know, that that's this limitless place of like possibilities. So, uh, no, uh, I, I don't, I don't really have any idea what he might've wanted to talk to me about, but I do know some of the things that, you know, we did talk about. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe that was it. And maybe, maybe, maybe those were pieces. I, I don't know. Well, what did you both talk about? Oh, well, I, I, I knew Andy, um, uh, before he got sick and I, I knew him, um, uh, or before he was diagnosed and before, um, uh, before he started that amazing transformational journey. Uh, and I knew him in a business context. Um, and we were, we were both in, um, a, uh, start in the startup space. Um, mm. I, I had uh, quit my, my, uh, job in the government and I, you know, I hadn't, I mean, in in Andy's fashion as far, and I, I was in a, this, this, uh, it's kind of this elite co-working space that you had to, like interview for and kind of get into and, and, uh, and I'd gotten in, you know, early in this place. And, uh, like I think in Andy's fashion, I, I would guess that he probably just popped in, visited someone and sort of stayed right. You know, <laughs> so he became a bit of a fixture in the space, uh, you know, like whenever he was downtown or doing something, he'd be just like, he'd just show up. And, and also in sort of Andy's fashion, like he, he sort of instantly made, uh, connections and friends and, um, and, and meaning in space. Um, so, uh, it wasn't long before, you know, he and I crossed, um, and, uh, and just started, started talking, starting, you know, talking about business and life and the, uh, sort of, um, fluid place Andy was always in, you know, like he, he, I don't think he ever had like any barriers between like the different aspects of who he was. It's like, whatever he was, he was always it. Yeah. And it was, you know, there wasn't like a public Andy and a private Andy. There was just Andy. Um, and, and, you know, and he knew that the world, I mean, in the realm of, uh, you know, he was, he was in the, he was in the people space. And like, I can't even say like what he was, it's like, was he in sales? Was he in kind of connection? Was he in business development? Was he in all of those things? And like, yeah, yes, he was. It was always about, uh, connection and people and, um, how he could make people feel. Um, and the magical part about his um, uh, space is how he approached this with very much an open heart. Like so many people who have those kind of talents can really do crappy, crappy things to the world. Like they can mm -hmm. really capitalize on, on, on like their, their capabilities to do some really shitty things to people and just like claw their way to the top and the pinnacles of their worlds of corporates or uh, corporations or manipulation of people. But Andy didn't have, didn't, didn't even know what that was. You know, it's like, he was always like, Hey, you know, what can we do with this space? So we met in the entrepreneur space and he was always in this like very integrative space. And it was like, that was incredibly attractive to me as I was figuring out what I wanted in the world. I'd already gone through a transformation myself where, um, I had, I was, um, 
I was pretty accomplished in my field of, of uh, technology management at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, I worked my way up through management and like, um, you know, became, uh, among the youngest uh, executives in my, my company. Uh, and then I, I joined, um, the U S patent and trademark office as a senior executive in technology, um, as the administration, the, the Obama administration was coming in. Oh, wow. Uh, and, um, I was brought in there to bring some like private sectors thinking into the public sector. And I initially just loved it. Right. Like it was just like exactly what I was just that innovative, interesting environment that had, uh, you know, like a lot of capabilities. And at the time, you know, the economy was not doing so well. And I really, oh, I really thought that, uh, you know, the innovation through, uh, patents and what that was doing for inventors and the rest of it was like the jam, like anything we could do to support an inventor was great. And, That's amazing, and, and uh, yeah. just to jump in there, like I, yeah, sorry, I, I only keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Go you're on. great. You're. I'm loosely familiar with this, so just to make sure I'm contextualizing, this was this was uh, if if I'm if I'm stating this accurately, this was at a time where I think like the Obama administration was fairly innovative, right? They they yeah. were saying, hey, um, we want to be more like the private sector in all forms of government, or yeah. at least take the best parts of it. I know he's mm-hmm. famously also pointed out the challenges of running a government like a, a private sector business would and the narrow focus the private sector has versus public. But so yeah. you, you must have had like a lot of free reign in order to, to do do certain activities there. I thought so. I was told that. And then the reality of it was, no, you're still kind of in like a narrow box. Uh, (laughs) There was a difference between that and the other. And I really started getting miserable in my job. Um, And um, I was asked like a really key question, which was like, you know, when were you happiest? I said it was right at the beginning of my career. Hmm. And why? And I said, well, my first job out of school was um, as a project manager at this, you know, essentially almost a, a small company that was starting to get some traction uh, at the time. It was a company called AOL, which a lot of people, you know, in the first, you know, dot com. I mean, now that you mentioned to anybody under like 30, they're like, who, where? <laughs> but, but, but like this, my first gig was to help like 30 million people get on the Internet for the first time. And that was just like transformative. And it was that making a difference for the individual that meant everything. And when I was like dropped in as a senior executive, that's not, you know, that, that turned out to be the issue is that I was just so far away from my customer. And then, so then taking all of that, going right into entrepreneurship, which is like, you know, the person individually, basically you're making a a difference for. So it's like that, that white hot crack of like, ah, I can do something for you. I can help you. I can work with you. I can make a difference for you being right in on that. And, uh, Andy was right in that space with me as well. So that transformative thing. And here's the thing. Um, when I was so miserable in that job, uh, I, also smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. Uh, I weighed 330 pounds uh, and just dreaded going to that job. It made me sick. I mean, mentally and physically. Oh, wow. And the one thing that brought me true joy was my amazing wife, Carol. Um, I mean, she was... Um, 
within a 90 days of meeting each other, we went and got married. Um, hmm. Was so impulsive. We didn't tell our families for a couple of months. And here we were 13 years later and she was still my favorite person. Oh, and, uh, one day she was just sick, uh, on the couch, um, which was weird because, uh, Carol, uh, you know, when she was sick, uh, she was just moving slower, still always in movement, but moving a little bit slower. And I go to that job and I come back, uh, from that job that I just hated. And, uh, she was still on the couch and, um, in the back of my insurance card, you know, there was the number there. It said, Hey, call, call the nurse. You know, if you're having any issues, I call the nurse. And I said, Hey, you know, she might be having a heart attack or something. Why don't you get her to the hospital? You know, like, don't worry, but this is a mo moment that you should worry. Um, <laughs> so we get her to the hospital. She wasn't having a heart attack, but she was having trouble breathing. And, um, mm. so, uh, that night I fell asleep beside her in the bed. And I, yeah, I woke up to alarms blaring. I woke up to, um, to their shooting her gurney down the, uh, down the, the hallway. She'd, um, she'd had a stroke. Uh, and, um, a few days later, um, I had to turn off the life support. Oh my gosh. I mean, like my entire world was just like, I mean, it's just, it's like, um, it's like all the color drained from everything. It's like the beginning of the wizard of Oz, you know, like it was just like, it was just zero color, hmm. you know, and, and I gotta say that the people are amazing. I mean, people are amazing. Like, like you're amazing. And like, I mean, like the more people I meet, the more people I meet on the planet. And I think Andy had this too. Like the more people you meet, the stories that they have, the things that they do, that, that the things that are possible are amazing. So like, mother nature's prime directive is to live, to see the sunrise and the path along your dream genes. These are the two things that like drive us and drove us for millions and millions of years. And they're still in debt and just embedded in us. And at that moment, I was not eating. I was not drinking. I was not sleeping. All of my major functions as a human being had shut down. I was in grief hmm. and I had to make a conscious choice. Am I going to live to see the sunrise or am I going to die? You know, that is just the choice I had to consciously make. I had to like bring it up in my head. and like, which way are you going to go? Because like, look, this is a choice. No doubt about it. It's a choice. And I chose to see the sunrise. Um, and I did that really straightforward. I couldn't eat. I couldn't, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. And when I talk about not eating, I mean like no, nothing. Uh, when right. I talk about sleeping, I mean like, clock goes all the way around and it, you don't sleep. Um, and you know, just the numbness shock of like your life and just sitting in it so much so that like my friends and family were like, okay, when are we going to be institutionalizing Dave? Like it was like mm -hmm. no kidding how they were going to like, have to like, like get me like, like bring a lot more power to the, to the, to the ball game. Now the conscious choice was this drink a little water. 
because that was the one thing that I had agency over. It's the one thing that I could see in front of me. And it's the mm-hmm. one thing that I was like, I had, could consciously choose to do that. And so I drank water. And that started the process of me transforming my life, drinking a little bit of water. I started moving. I started eating. I started, uh, you know, just every now and then that emotional raincoat that I was, you know, covered up in that big, dark, dark black raincoat would open up a little bit. And over the course of, uh, years, um, it wasn't like a linear shot, but over the course of years, I started a transformative experience. I quit the job. I didn't hate dropped into entrepreneurship, met Andy. I quit smoking. Um, I, um, I, um, I'll tell you the thing that I did the most besides quitting smoking, quitting my job and, and, and like getting into those spaces. The thing I really did was learn to love myself as much as I loved Carol. Hmm. So, um, what I do now is, um, I thought I had to do that process, that stuff. I was forced into that process, right? Like I was thrown into it with grief. Right. And that was seven years ago. So oh, wow. This is the question though. It's like, can you harness that? The things that you're thrown into, can you harness that, that life, that like that choice, that choice where I said, I choose to live a different life. Can you harness that? And can you do it with other people? And the answer is yes. You can do it because what I do today, um, I introduce successful people to themselves. I help you align health and happiness with significant achievement. I work with people with big ideas and big hearts. And when you when you go into the space and when I bring you into the space of radical self-care, And I mean, like really paying attention to you, learning to pay attention to your mind, your body, and your spirit. When you bring back to that, when you learn to really love yourself, you are limitless. There is nothing you can't do. You bring so much more to your relationships. You bring so much more to your job. You bring so much more to your life. That's what I do for a living. The best part about every step of this and how I help my clients today is that when I was flat on my back on the floor of my living room, sure that I was going to die when I was flat on my back to the point today, seven years later, I know now that everything that I have done, I already had in me all of the things that I needed. I didn't need to learn anything new. I didn't need anything new. I didn't need to buy anything new. I didn't need to be anywhere different. Everything that I needed in order to make radical transformation to my life, to really get at what I wanted and to really live that big life, I had inside of me. And that was my big story. That is what, you know, I'm on this planet to do is to like talk about how you don't need the next next. You got it. You got this. You got this right now. Uh, and that's what, um, <laughs> this was kind of the philosophical discussions because that's how Andy rolled, uh, that he and I would have. And it was like, look, let's, let's see what this is all about. So that's, um, he embodied it in a very like 
uh, right here, right now, because like he had something that he that happened to him mm-hmm. and he magic with it. I had something that um, that happened to me and I did something magic with it. And if anybody stands up in front of you and says, we know the secrets of life because we had something shitty happen to us. We got diagnosed with a terminal cancer. We, we lost somebody that was really important to us. If anybody stands up in front of you and says, I know the secrets of life, follow me because of something shitty happened to me. Shame on them and shame on you for listening to them because I already had it in me. Andy already had it in them. That's, that's the message that I could, I couldn't, I couldn't say enough about is we already had it in it. And if you want it, you can have that too. Hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's incredibly fascinating. I mean, I don't know if it's some, uh, if the words I'm looking for are like, I, I don't know, maybe if I, I don't know if I underestimated the list that he would be putting together or I mean, like to my own shame, uh, just because I, I have no idea who I'm going to be talking to <laughs> in terms of like the stories or experiences. And uh, I mean, your your story is very moving and powerful. I was curious, uh, and I think you kind of already started touching on it. Like, um, does someone need a, a, a terrible experience to as a catalyst to to make them change? It sounds like from from your perspective that um, you shouldn't necessarily wait for that to happen to you. Oh God, no, 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 no! Don't let those things happen. Um, don't be put into a place where you have to choose because. Um, you know, I, I, uh, life is, I mean, life is, is I was, um, I was at an event listening to Jason Silva, um, a few weeks ago and he was talking about like the, the, um, the intersections of, of artificial intelligence, the intersections of artificial intelligence, of, uh, neurobiology, of, um, of, of technology, of all of the different things uh, that are coming together in order to bring us essentially unlimited life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, and frankly, he was talking so fast and so amazing and like bringing up so many different connections. I had trouble following him. So even I, as much as I feel like I'm sometimes smarter than the average bear, like, like disconnected and all I... <laughs> All I tuned in was with how I feel. And he made me anxious and upset. And so I sat afterwards. I'm like, you know, in the past, you know, this conversation that Jason was having, I was like, that would have like lit me up and like turned me on. And like, I would have like been off to the races. But instead I was like, I was pretty upset. Hmm. And it wasn't so much anything that he said. I mean, what he's saying was fascinating. It wasn't anything to do with him. He's uh, amazing and charming and super smart and like a very attractive to, you know, charismatic. That was none of those. Right. It was the premise that he was driving his life towards uh, unlimited light. Um, and I relish and thrive in the idea of the driving force that whatever you believe, whatever you believe might be next, whether it's nothing or something or the next, next, no, no matter what this experience right now, whatever we're experiencing right now will come to an end. Um, and uh, Jason was talking about a life where that never, ever happened. And I'm like, but that's what makes me 
me, you know, uh, the just Dave, feel so much more human um, that I know that this is it. And that puts a certain amount of um, not fear of death because it's channeling that fear into something that's remarkable of like, look, yeah, you know, like I'm not going to say that there aren't times where I'm like, I turned off the life support on someone who had a cold, you know, like, like not, like not a big deal. She had a cold. Mm -hmm. I turned off life support on her in a few days. There are people that like the person that they woke up next to this morning is gone that afternoon. It does happen. Mm -hmm. And it is not being put into those situations. You don't want those situations. It's knowing that it's not the tragic uh, decisions that, that, that people are put into because we were put into them. It was that you have choice. Uh, the people that you create a cage of your own making. Uh, you you start with, I can't do this. I won't do this. I don't do this. Instead of you can do this, you will do this. And it's possible. You, you, you start with limiting beliefs and those limited beliefs like come in and they trap you. I can't do this because of my kids. I can't do this because of my spouse. I can't do this because of the job that I'm in. I can't do this because of the community that I live in. I can't do this because of the money I don't have. All of the can'ts. And I'm like, oh, oh, hon, that is, those are, those are limiting beliefs. You can. It's like, like, as soon as you, as soon as you put something in the perspective of like, your kids would like you to be around for their lives um, and they want you to be happy. Suddenly that might reframe something for someone that says, oh, you know, you're right. I'm like, I do want to be around for their marriages and their grandkids, maybe even see my great grandkids. So why don't I pay a little bit different attention to my health and wellness? That's where I live. I live in the health and wellness and happiness space because I know that the changes that I had to make in my life, the big changes that I had to make in my life started with a foundation of health and wellness because as Andy showed us, it's like, as soon as your health and wellness goes out the door, it focuses your attention. Like you have to pay attention to it. And yeah. for a lot of us, it's like, it's the slow and silent deaths. It's the not taking care of yourself for a really long time that ends in, you know, uh, that ends in the three things that end up killing us all, which is, you know, cancer, heart disease, and stroke. Um, you know, those are the things that, that end up in catching us. It's the question of when. Um, and how, and increasing the amount of time in our life that is of health span. I, I, I read this, this, um, I love this framework of like, um, we live a life of, uh, we have a health span and that's the natural part of our life where we get sick or we get injured and we fully recover. Mm -hmm. And then there's a not, I, I don't want to call it like a death span, but there's like a, there's a, there's a, then there's a part of your life where you have injury and, and things happen where you don't fully recover. Right. Um, it's more difficult to bounce back. It takes a longer period of time or eventually you just don't. Right. And that's, I mean, so like the idea is to increase your health span for as long as possible and to decrease your, your, your downward spiral to make it as short as possible. Right. You know, it's like, it's, it's still one length of, of line. Right. But mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's make one part of it small. Let's make one part of it big. So I work on making that one part of it as big as possible so that you have that uh, foundation for the changes that you want in your life. Um, that's, you know, that's, 
that's where I approach things. And, uh, it's not that, um, uh, having, having that choice is, is the beginning of it. Um, and just knowing that it's the cage of your own making and that the people in your life want the very best for you. That's all of those things are true. Um, and if, uh, you start with like, oh, my kids wouldn't understand my spouse wouldn't understand my, my, you know, job wouldn't understand. I'm like, ah, not one of these people wants you sick or unhealthy or unhappy, Mm -hmm. not one. And if they do, maybe there's something else you need to be thinking about. Um, so that's, you know, that's just flipping the paradigm. Go for radical self-care. Yeah. When I was chatting with Andy in the, in the, uh, his final months, what always struck me was, um, compared with other people I knew who were in his situation, I think he, he had a far more optimistic fighter attitude about what he was experiencing. And I, I don't think that there's any evidence to suggest that his attitude somehow prolonged his experience or, or made it, gave him a fighting chance. I don't think that necessarily a, a perspective will will lengthen the actual physical amount of time you're here. But there certainly was... Oh, oh I, I dramatically disagree with that. But please, oh, go ahead. I, I, we can talk more about that, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, the, the context for that is uh, I, I unfortunately uh, lost somebody else around the same time to also yeah. pancreatic cancer. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fun to get both those news stories. No. Um, but I, I felt like Andy's perspective was one of, like, a certainty that he would beat it out. And I, I mean, ultimately it was, uh, he was given the cards he was dealt. I feel like in that space though, that he lived, I would rather have that perspective and that viewpoint, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't move the, the finish line further down a mile or two, I think the quality of the race for him, uh, ends up being better. And, and that, so I would almost advocate for that. Agreed that, that I, 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 I dramatically agree with that piece, which is, um, the first part is there, there's a lot of science about your mind and your body are connected. Uh, these are, these are not divorced items and what you think translates into how you, how you believe, how, how you feel. And how you feel manifests both emotionally and physically. I mean, like I can, um, you, you have emotions in your dreams. Um, and so like you can create uh, a virtual reality in your head of the emotions that you have and don't think that like stress or those things don't cause like real diseases. They do. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there is a, a, an enormous body of evidence that it happens the other direction as well. You know, that how your body is in space, how you practice things like mindfulness, how your gut health is, how your heart is, affects your emotional well-being and affects um, how you think. Uh, so like everything from power poses and being able to hold that and how that releases certain neurochemicals in your head these are big things. And for Andy, what I saw and what I, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you among my favorite stories is that he came and visited me in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I live in San Francisco. He came and visited me in, in Washington, DC where I was living. And, um, he, uh, he said, uh, man, I, I, I need a place to get high. And I'm like, okay. 
come on by. Um, so he comes on by and we are again having like one of our, one of our, you know, transformative conversations. And he just sort of looks at me like straight up and he just out, he just, and he says, you know, what I, um, I said, I've lived longer with this than anyone thought was possible. Um, and he said, I attribute it to three things. I'm like, okay, lay it on me. He said, I um, attributed to an enormous amount of, of uh, pot smoking. Uh, <laughs> attributed to um, being so young um, uh, and just having access to people that I wouldn't normally have access with this disease. You know, they are heavy Eastern influences and Western influences that really created an environment where Andy believed those things. Mm -hmm. And you know, what? there's evidence to all of those that he was absolutely right. Um, and you know, like he was proof positive that like what was working for him, was what was keeping him alive. Um, and you know, I, 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 I will advocate that, uh, every day of the week. It's like, there's a lot of things that work that like, we knew that quinine worked, um, for, um, malaria, malaria. We knew yeah. it worked. We didn't know why we right. knew antibiotics work. We didn't know why. And so there was like anecdotal evidence for a really long time on those things and we didn't have the science behind it. More and more as we get the neuroscience around things, the behavioral science around things, the thing that we can do today that we couldn't do just five years ago with a brand new understanding of, of uh, even quantum mechanics, you know, like how things actually happen in the scope of time is remarkable. So like you and I having this conversation today is going to be dramatically different five years from now in the realm of mind, body, spirit. Uh, it's just going to be a different story. Absolutely. I think there, there's something for me and, and I, I equate this back to uh, old days of doing improv and theater and mm -hmm. um, uh, kind of that whole experience. I, I often think about life in terms of uh, like, or, or if I think about a stage show, I think about it in terms of, of uh, like how much time is going by for you to feel like you're getting value out of it. Mm. And, and I think he had like one of those amazing experiences where like he's the equivalent of a guy who could be on stage for like five minutes, but you would be laughing uproariously and you would be telling your friends about the show for months and months and months after. Uh, like years from now, you'd quote what he said just in that five minute window versus like the equivalent of like uh, a show that drags on for two hours and you can't, you don't even think you understood what was happening while you were watching it. And then you forget about it the week thereafter. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I have to think about that in terms of uh, that deliberateness, deliberateness with which he lived as he was living. Um, it's it certainly, like, not only do I think it had, pro I hope it had a, 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 a positive benefit for himself as he was experiencing it from his end. I think on the other side, it seems to have echoed outwards uh, and, and impacted a whole large number of people with that attitude. Mm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, how, how, um, you know, the spirit of Andy continues to affect us um, both big, uh, I mean, just because, um, you know, he's not physically here talking with us, like I can hear him in my head. And like the impact of you just connected with me having this conversation under his, um, I mean, with his arms around us is real, like, like, no kidding, like he's here, um, you know, uh, and that's, uh, 
you know, that's special. Um, so accomplishing what he's hoping to accomplish. He, he wanted to do this podcast as a means of reaching out to people that are in a situation like he was in and either to inspire them, give them hope, uh, or, or give them tools to survive. If, if I, if I throw that question to you very directly, uh, Andy believed you had a good answer for it. If you had to sum it up, what would you say to somebody? Oh, wow. To sum that up? Like, like the, no. Oh. <laughs> I know I someone that, that uh, I apparently he had the uh, question of the universe and he said, Dave has the answer. That's, uh, that's <laughs> the, you know, there's life question that we really want to answer. And, you know, Dave has the answer to it. Wow. Um, why don't you tee it up for me one more time uh, while I busily try and think of something that is profound. <laughs> no problem. And we can always edit this in posts. Uh, no, no. I think, I think <laughs> is really the, the, uh, <laughs> the best part uh, uh, let me feel it for a moment as you say it so nice. andy andy wanted this podcast to be one uh where people who are in his situation now what uh, is that okay so tell me a little bit what does that mean um people who were diagnosed with cancer like he he very firmly believed uh that um people who get put in the position of or who end up in the position of being diagnosed with something terminal uh they're this, that situation is one that doesn't really have a very good playbook. Um, and uh, he felt like he was having to race out to understand things as best as he could. Uh, and his, his hope was that he could pull together uh, information, um, pull together advice, pull together inspiration uh, to help somebody who ends up in the same situation that he does. Uh, and... Mm. I uh, I recognize the um, the weight of that request. I mean, I myself have not been in Andy's situation, so I can't speak to it myself. And I am in turn passing on the buck and asking somebody else. So um, we'll do this with great humility. Whatever you feel, you 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 think that Andy felt you were the the uh, the messenger to, to that bit of information, inspiration, or what have you, what, what advice would you give to somebody who is in Andy's shoes? Mm. Um, well, here's what immediately comes to mind. So we're, we're, we're rolling with it because I'm just, I'm, I'm channing, I'm channeling his love. Um, Part of it was the theme that I had everything in me in order to really make the changes that I wanted in my house and my in my my health, my well, my wellness, and, and my um, my my well being. So even if like I I have things that are going to be off with my body for the rest of my life because of of how heavy I was. Um, I mean, I lost 150 pounds, right? So losing 150 pounds is no kidding. And when you lose 150 pounds, you know, I'm going to be a little bit off. My hormones are going to be a little off. My, my blood is going to be a little bit off. I'm going to be on some medications that, you know, I just, it's just going to be a little bit off than somebody who didn't have to lose 150 pounds. Um, so making that change and, and coming back was no, no, no kidding. And I was put in that situation when Carol passed of like making the choice of like, am I going to live and what kind of quality of life am I going to make? So losing the weight was a big deal. Um, the, I, the first was is that I had it within me. Like I really didn't need anything else. 
The second piece, which I didn't recognize until later and until it transformed into my, my vocation, my job, is that I thought I had to do it by myself. I mean, the more successful that I got at the transformations in my mind, in my body, and in my soul, the more successful that I got, the more it was about trusting in other people um, and trusting that, look, there's going to be seasons with people. There's going to be people that come and they go and they drop in and they drop out. But the right people tend to show up at the right times. It's just a matter of listening and paying attention more than anything else. I mean, there's so many opportunities to meet somebody today that could make a major transformation in your life. Uh, and I saw that in Andy all the time. He was such a connector to people uh, that um, that people just sort of came and go in his life, and he was okay with that. You know, he, I, 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 you know, I would, I, I would spend, and I still spend time mourning some of the the relationships that I've had in the past, or even in the recent, um, you know, recently, as you know, uh, relationships have evolved with people that are important to me, uh, both uh, business relationships and and personal relationships. I mourn some of those. Yes, that's important uh, because mourning those things mean that you had love there. Mm -hmm. Um. And also recognizing that there is, there are other people and it's, it's really was just a matter of like asking and, and, and not pretending that you can read other people's minds. I mean, Andy did not really care what you thought. He would just have it come out of his mouth, um, and see what happened. Uh, and he was, because he was brave enough to, um, to, I guess not so much not care what you think, but to be okay with the consequences of whatever you might do. Right. Um, that was a big thing that it was about choice came up with Andy all the time. You know, it's like he talked about like the world of like swiping right and swiping left. You know, if you're in the dating world, you know, if you've used a, a, an app like Bumble or Tinder, you swipe right if you're, you know, into someone and you're, you swipe left if you're not. And like he talked about like, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I do fear, you know, like my, my road, you know, it's like it, it comes right. Like it's, it's tough to be working and, and living and breathing in a space where you, you know what, you know, the end game is going to be. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I'm going to, and I have a choice. I have a choice. I can live in that fear and sit with it and just like be consumed by it and just be that. Or I can swipe, I can, I can, so, or I can swipe left on those experiences and those things that I don't need and I don't want. And that includes people. If there are people in your life today that are not adding to your experience, but are constantly pulling you down, that is an opportunity for you to make a choice and say, look, if you're in a situation, whatever that situation is, know that you are there under your own volition. You have what it takes to make those changes. And if you just say to yourself, whatever the situation is right now, this is what I choose now. That starts to disrupt your thinking. That's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm choosing to be like this. I am choosing to feel this way. And I'm choosing to do what I'm doing right now. And it's like Andy had the ability to swipe left on that and say, okay, I can't choose differently. And that is a running theme in my life as I continue to transform it. And as I continue to move through life, because I, I won't be on my deathbed. Uh, and, 
say, I would have, I could have, I should have. I wouldn't be like, I wish I had done this because that's regret. Mm -hmm. I will be on my deathbed and I'll be like, I mic dropped this. I'm ready for whatever's next. It's like, I did it. You know, it's like, whatever that is, it's like, I did it. So it's, it's, it's choice. How you feel is a choice. He was, he was really good at communicating that. That actually astounded me in, in the final couple of months because he, especially he, in conversations with me, he said, all right, dude, I'm going to level with you right now. Yeah. I am going to fall off the face of the earth from time to time. Yeah. Uh, don't take it personally. You can take it personally if you want, but that's a mistake. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to manage all these things. That's my life right now. Please expect that. I'm not going to yeah. change that. And it was incredibly refreshing to be on the other side of that, to hear someone just be like, all right, these are the expectations you can have. Um, I'm not promising you the world and you're not going to get it. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, away we go. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like people are afraid that if they, they had that forwardness with other people, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, quintessentially like Midwestern roots. I, I'm scared to say anything that could possibly offend anyone. Uh, but like, I feel yeah. like that that amount of directness was the most polite thing anyone could have ever done. It, it takes all of the ambiguity. I don't know what you're thinking right now. Um, like I have no clue. I, I have no idea what you think of this interview. I don't know what like the, 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 all the people that are going to be listening to this, I have no idea what they're thinking, but I can ask, I can ask you, it's like, you know, like what's yeah. going on for you, what's happening for you or, uh, you know, how is it going? I can, I can, I can get more information on that. And Andy was magic at just saying, just saying it. It's like, like, this is what it is, or this is what I need. I, I, I talked a little bit about it and it's just like, look, just ask people will surprise you. People will surprise you and it will surprise you. Like if you just spend a week, a week, just um, knowing that you don't know what's in other people's heads and asking. Um, When uh, I I had a, I had a, a, a psychologist friend of mine here in the San Francisco Bay area. She was like, you know what? Uh, This whole, like, um, uh, you know, like, uh, how, how, how are, how are you kind of like, like incidental greetings of people is like really kind of pissing me off. It's like, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of the same, you know, it's like, like I, I'm tired of saying, ah, it's, I'm fine. Or I'm like, I'm okay. Or I'm like really tired of it. Like, Try something else. I'm like, Oh, do, do tell me with that kind of setup. It's like, I can't, can't wait to hear it. She just goes, um, I'm going to use this. I'm like, what have you been thinking a lot about lately? I'm like, oh, that's curious. It's like, what if you, what if you like just removed for a week? Uh, hey, how you doing? With, hmm, hey, what have you been thinking a lot about late? That, that, that suddenly opens up conversations, and it's like that is suddenly like a real conversation. That's a connection. Andy was a connector, and it was meeting, connecting with people. So yeah. uh, rather than thinking that I know what's in your head, you know, it's like let's figure out how to connect and connect deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, uh, in the spirit of connection, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be very forthright with how, uh, my perspectives on these podcasts and everything like that. I'm absolutely terrified about this whole podcast pro- process because it was a vision of Andy's 
um, he had the mindset of he knew a group of people and he had a vision in his head how each person he would connect with would be able to inspire someone in his situation. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm like literally introducing and meeting people for the first time. So uh, there's this anxiety of being like, well, I hope I hope this works the way he would have wanted. Uh, and uh, I guess on some level, I'm just kind of like, well, maybe I'll just try to connect. And, and if it does, hey, that that worked. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I was uh, I had no idea in connecting with you, I had no idea about your backstory uh, and and mm -hmm. the experience you had gone through. But I think now in the situation of this, at hearing it, I'm like, I could see how Andy definitely would want me to connect with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, again, uh, honored that I'd be on a on a short list uh, from Andy. And I would I would um, I would ask you to think about and really feel and like sit with a little bit of like. Are these going how uh, Andy would have wanted them to um, and having anxiety over that? Um, and like there was if Andy had any kind of 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 uh, like emotional intelligence around exactly that, I would say this was one of his superpowers, which was like setting things up and letting them roll and them being just right for the people that are involved. Um, and so like he set this up and for the process and leaving it as is, is exactly how he wanted it done. Uh, so you already are embodying exactly what he wanted, which was to say, go talk to these people. They're important and more people will benefit from them. Well, well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. And um, I guess I also really appreciate that Andy uh, uh, set me up for this. This is... Um, a wonderful opportunity, and I'm excited to connect with everybody. And I hope that I can kind of do my little part to to achieve that vision that he had. Mm. Yeah, it was amazing. You you had said something earlier, and it it just kind of reminded me of the way he operated. You you were describing how um, you can uh, I, I'm paraphrasing. You can you can view obstacles and things like that as limiting factors. Um, and it was almost like with Andy in the in this final stages that he he uh, he took the notion that something could be limiting and and like whereas most people would have been like yeah that's a true fact he was like oh no no I'm going to prove that wrong I'm going to envision a whole media empire that would be trying to to shape and shift and cha change the world and it was like there's mm -hmm. a there's a certain type of personality that does that and Andy definitely had that. I, you know what? Our our default mode seems to be like limiting beliefs. I mean, those are the things that keep us safe, actually. You know, it's like we we learn patterns of like, okay, if we do behaviors a certain way, then that's going to keep us safe. And that's good. That's, that's again, like a very, very ancient process. And it. it's like, okay, if I touch the hot pan, this is what happens. Don't touch the hot pan. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's, you know, like you're not going to believe that touching a hot pan is going to be okay. Right. right. Or you should do it without, you know, a, a glove or, a you know, something. Right. Um, so the limiting belief is important. And so let's, again, let's flip this into a different context. You're driving along and you know, you need to go to target, you know, like you're trying to get to, you know, like the, the, the big box store, whatever it might be. And the way that you normally go is you're driving to the big box store. Uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, 
there's, there's a block in the road. There's a tree is down. A tree is down across the road. I don't know anybody who just sits there and stares at the tree and says, eh, eh, I didn't really need to go to the big box store today. I'll just like, I'll just sit right here is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. Maybe something will happen to the tree. Maybe it won't. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sit here in this car and I'm going to wait. No, everybody finds a different way to get to the, to the big box store. They do every single time. They're like, oh, okay. They don't give up. Yeah. We do that in our lives all the time. There's a barrier in our way. And we're like, eh, I'm just going to sit here with it. I'm like, really? Really? No. Um, it's look, you got this. And like, if you really want this change, it's like, okay, one, what do you want different? Um, what's that change going to do for you? Uh, how will you know when you have it? Um, you know, is there anything you might lose if you get it? You know, like if when you start like thinking about things really critically, it's like, oh, you got this. You'll get what you want. I promise you. It's like, don't wait until the pain of change outweighs the pain of staying the same. You don't need that. I mean, mm. we got we got thrown into those situations. You know, people get put into shitty situations and they transform their lives. Um, you know, like you get thrown into those. The thing is, is that I, so seven years ago, this happened to me, eight, coming on eight years, transformed my life, lost 150 pounds, quit smoking, quit my job, learned to love myself. And I, I radically transform myself all the time. And the truth is you do too. The person that you were yesterday is not the same person that you were today. It just moved ever so slightly. The person I was a year ago today is nothing like I am today. It moves ever so slightly. The time is going to, uh, our perception of time is going to keep on keeping on, right? Like it's going to happen. That year is going to pass. The calendar is going to flip by. The question is, is are you going to do something today that your future self will thank you for? Dave, thank you so much for taking the time out today to chat with me about this. This is, this is, it's really, it's really interesting to chat with you. I, I'm feeling like I'm hearing an echo of Andy in what you say. I don't know who influenced who. I'm assuming it went both ways, but thank you so like much. I'm channeling the man right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. Thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. All right. Take care. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, the Edgerton Life podcast will be coming out once a month. So please stay tuned, subscribe to it however you're able. Uh, and also we will be continuing to promote and talk about other goals and initiatives related to the Edgerton Life organization as, as time goes on. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Jess Lampy. Have a great day.